1: And I believe that that's really why you're here. Christ died for us. History Makers. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. And joining me on the line right now is Don Fackery, who uh, runs an organization called Liban Gourmet. Makes the most delicious hummus I've ever had in my life. How are you doing, brother?
0: Very good, very good. Yes, we do. We make it, uh, yeah, like second to none, top shelf.
1: Top shelf hummus and all these uh, delicious dips and everything, yep. but we're going to talk about that a bit later. Let's find out a bit cool. of your story. Tell
0: us, where were you born and raised? Born and raised in Brisbane. Um, uh, my parents are Lebanese. Uh, that's my heritage, so I'm first generation. Yeah. And what was your family Lovely. life like as a young fella? Mate, I grew up in a loving home. Uh, Dad was always uh, a really hard worker, a uh, funny joker guy. My mum was just uh, the best cook on the planet, and that's obviously why we got such an amazing business now. But she is... She, she was brilliant, beautiful, wonderful in every way.
1: So good, mate. And tell us a bit about your faith journey. How did you come to know Jesus?
0: So, mate, I was um, uh, unfortunately as a young fella, um, the old man went to. I uh, he spent he spent a few years in prison, and um, I was knocked into a completely different life. And uh, you know, uh, the common thing was I was the man of the house, so you know, all this pressure of who I had to be at a you know the age of thirteen, all through my teens, it really. Uh, when my dad got out of jail, it really, um, I had no identity. Obviously, you know, a young man needs his father. And that identity, uh, so when dad came out, I thought it was like, it was going to be all, uh, peaches and cream after that, but it, it wasn't. And, you know, my dad's a great man, but, you know, obviously he couldn't, he just couldn't get me because he missed so much. And then I just went and I found it in friends. I found it in drugs and in, in partying. And mate, I was living life in, uh, in, in the fast lane. Mm. You know, violence and, and, and just, Finding out who I was, you know, that that was the catapult. Shot me out of, uh, you know, my eight, from, from, from 18 till I was 23. I was just, it was it, like, it feels like a blur right now.
1: And did you have a sense that God was calling you at that stage?
0: Mate, you know, every time Easter came around, um, you know, the greatest story ever told uh, would come up on TV, you know, obviously uh, depicting Jesus. And I always loved the character of Jesus. Just when he'd show up. The things he would say were just so. It was just so different. So, you know, I grew up in obviously in a, like in a, in a in a Catholic home, like a Maronite. Um, uh, yeah. So just you know, it was very traditional. But mate, that's as kind of close as I really got to uh, understanding anything about Jesus. I was just too mate. I was just fast. Everything was just fast.
1: And then you had the a conversion experience at the age of twenty three. Tell us how you came to know the Lord then.
0: So, mate, I'm driving home. Uh, and a bloke gets hit by a car in front of me. Now, I stayed with him until he, um, uh, he passed away, unfortunately, but I remember uh, when the ambulance took him away, I got back in my car and I had this I had this moment that was what if that was me?" And I just became so interested and so like look, it was a soul search what's on the other side how do I get to heaven is there a heaven is there eternal life you know I'd you know I'd I'd, I'd heard it in you know in school in church you know but that's kind of as far as I want but mate that that feeling did not leave me till this 21 years later I literally the search is is on I found the search I found it was Jesus you know, but that search look from the accident, I remember about a week later I 'm laying in my bed and I grouped up everything that I could remember as a boy, my innocence and my my dad going away and all this bad stuff. I grouped it up, put it in a basket, and I remember in my bedroom, just reaching my hands up and saying, "God, take my life, and if you 're real jesus if if you are who they say you are, come and take my life and I felt this shot of heaven, this warm indescribable love came down and my soul just wept and wept like at least I mean hours and hours I just wept I remember the next day I woke up just different light there was a peace about me there was I was just calm I was mate. I honestly can tell you that I was a new creation I literally it felt like I was just a brand new man
1: and did everyone notice the change in your life after that, mate?
0: Yeah, well, you know, I was telling my friends to stop swearing around me. I don't want to listen to rap music or the rubbish coming out, mate. I just, uh, you know, I loved. Look, you know, it was almost an indie. I just, I just had a heart for the for the broken. Anyone having trouble in a relationship or with drugs or depression, mate. I just wanted to be there for them. And it hasn't changed at all, mate. Not well, not even, not even in the slightest. I'm the guy. I'm the AMPM. That's what my family called the AMPM. I'm always getting a call, or I'm always somewhere helping, praying. You know, just I just love to give the hurting a hug, mate. You know. And tell
1: us about having your changed. church experience after being raised Catholic uh, and then having this encounter with the Lord at 23. Wh- what did you? What was it like when you first started going to church then?
0: Well, mate, you know, uh, it, it just look. I heard a preacher by the name of David Hogan. His ministry, he was in the jungles of Mexico, really raw, and I love that. You know, I grew up in the in the uh, in the in the boxing in the boxing world, so I like rough and tough, you know, I like that, the backbone of a man, and this guy's backbone was totally relying on Jesus, and, mate, it, it, it was just, he just catapulted me into the this whole Pentecostal being on fire for God movement, but you know what it was, Matt? It was about being hungry for God's Word. So I'm watching this guy who's a recipient of God's Word. You know, Jesus calls himself the most high, because you can't get any higher. and honestly all these people doing drugs out there. If you try Jesus and you get that dose of joy in your car, in the, mate wherever you are, bedroom, I mean, you can be anywhere and God can just brush past you. And that is a high like nothing else. And church still to this day gives me that high. It gives me that, that get-go, that energy that I cannot and will never be able to get anywhere else.
1: And tell us a bit about your uh, love for boxing. I know you've been very involved in that and you're a personal trainer as well. Is that what you
0: do? mate, I trained professional fighters. I'm the assistant uh, a trainer, to, uh, the understudy to Paul, Paul Hurricane Briggs, who um, Paul's one of the first guys to bring Thai boxing to Australia, one of the first and youngest world Muay Thai champions. Five years later, um, became uh, the number one ranked uh, light heavyweight in the world. Um, so I, I toured with him, uh, you know, with his Muay Thai fights. I was with him for half his fight. I was with him for half his boxing career. I travelled the world with him. And uh, we're still currently now. We train pro fighters together. And, you know, I'm involved in, um, you know, a couple of boxing clubs that I go and teach classes. And it's, uh, it's a really good way to uh, look to, obviously, to meet people. But it's a really good way to pull people out of the state that they're in, of the mundane life, where you get to break their mind down and teach them the art of boxing and break their bodies down as well and get them fit and strong.
1: You're listening to History Makers. And today we're speaking with Don Fackery. Now, I know that uh, you had the privilege of seeing uh, Manny Pacquiao uh, share his testimony when he was out in Australia recently, and uh, he certainly is one of the most inspirational uh, boxers, but his testimony is amazing. Uh, he had an encounter with the Lord through a dream number of years ago. Uh, tell us a bit about, I mean, we saw 130 people come to Christ uh, across some church services that he was running when he was in town. Tell us how much that has encouraged you in your faith.
0: You know, you know what was like the most amazing statement is that that church service he was holding under his hotel. The most amazing statement was after the fight, Jeff Horn. He'd lost to Jeff Horn. He'd came out and he said that what is the happiest thing for him is not being famous, not being rich, but it's people coming to know Jesus. I mean, that was the the highlight of his whole trip in the camp was people sharing the word of God and coming to know Jesus. I mean, that you know that's that's amazing because boxing's full of ego. It's full of Raising your hands with a fistful of money and a big check and a belt, and all he was interested in was people meeting Jesus and how God has taken him from zero to you know places he never dreamed of. It was just beautiful to see. outside But the humility on Manny Pacquiao is of Moses. Literally, his, like, his humility is uh, is literally like Moses.
1: And wasn't it wonderful seeing ten pastors travelling with him? How do you get that job, eh? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Mate, it's, uh, yeah, look, the fellows like, uh, they love hanging out together, i tell you that. I mean, he brought about 150 people over with him on the plane. There was like 60, 70 rooms or something booked. He's just such a generous giving man, I tell you. Mm.
1: And, mate, I understand that you have really had a chance to minister to people who, you know, might have been, you know, in the bikie scene or, you know, in the Mm. drug scene. And you've seen a number of people set free from addictions. Tell us a bit about your heart for that kind of ministry.
0: So, mate, you know, uh, obviously going in the boxing industry, you meet all the baddies, you know, and uh, like you meet them before they become patch members or bikies or, or, you know, standover man or, or, you know, whatever road they take. And when you meet them before and they become that, they still see you as the old guy that you knew. So I've been very fortunate to have these relationships with them and obviously their friends that I get to talk to these guys and most of them are fatherless. Most of them are dealing with addiction. Most of them are dealing with, you know, with quick money and all these things that, mate, I don't know, God has just sent them my way. Now, one particular young man um, was addicted to ice, six years. And, you know, know, look, we, we met up, I encouraged him, but I just said, mate, let me pray for you. This guy's unchurched, wasn't interested in church or anything else. I prayed for him. Mate, God broke his, literally, it was a war for his soul in that meeting, but God broke his heart and revealed himself to him in one prayer, and one hour, mate. One hour of crying, kicking, and screaming. He came out of that an absolute new man. And look, it's been a couple of years now, and he is on fire for Jesus. Literally, cannot get enough for church. Can't get enough of reading the Word. Can't get enough of helping people. I mean, it's a total change from one prayer. I mean, that's that's God being extremely interested in you know in our lives and changing our lives.
1: And I know that you've really got a passion. Not just to see people set free from their addictions, but to see them grow in their faith and become true disciples. What do you think the difference is between just a convert and a disciple?
0: Well, mate, a disciple realizes, you know, who they are in Christ Jesus, that that, you know, first and foremost that Jesus loves them. And you know, every everybody and anybody that knows that, you just want to share that. You want to you want to walk in the principles of God, you know, you wanna walk with that. With that moral standard of how Jesus wants you to live. And to be honest with you, mate, you, you, that's when you become a real man. And then when you become that real man that God's developing, you become a disciple of, of, of others, a teacher. That's what a disciple is. Mm. You get to teach others. And that, you know, honestly, you don't have to go to them. They're drawn to you. You know, in, in look, in my sporting, in my, in my, in my boxing world and my business world, you know, people are just drawn to that character.
1: And I know another big thing you that you're uh, you're passionate about is you know the Bible says our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. We've got to look after our bodies, and obviously in the industry you're in, you've got to stay fit. Uh, but just speak to that for a minute. You know, people might be listening and thinking, you know, what I really need to honour God with my body. Um, what's what's some practical ways we can uh, you know get into shape for the Lord?
0: <laughs> well, mate, you know, like I'm uh, I'm used to prepping fighters to go fight, you know, for for, for titles. To the very common person that just want to get fit the best way to get fit to any listener out there is just to is just to get up and do something I don't care what it is get up and do something if it starts with five minutes if it starts with removing something out of your cupboard that's creating blockages and you know you shouldn't be having but you know just do something get up and walk I think look I think walking any time of the day is great every time people tell me they don't have time Matt it I I I can sit down with them I can tell you that they have time at some point they have time so it's just basically getting off the couch and just just starting. Just start that five minutes. Forget the 50, 30, one hour. Just start with five minutes. Walk down the end of the street and back. And the next day, do that like do it twice. And the next day, do the block. And then you'll find that your body takes over and, and just starts to energize and you'll start feeling good. And by the way, the ultimate antidepressant in this country, because I think one out of 10 people in this country suffer from antidepressant, is exercise. It is a, it is a true antidepressant. Mm.
1: So important uh, that we, uh, you know, get into shape. I actually felt the Lord challenge me as I get older now. Uh, that you know, if I'm going to still have my youthful exuberance and energy, I've got to stay in shape. I've got to be ready and equipped for wherever the Lord sends me. Uh, but uh, you but, know, the Bible the Bible absolutely. tells us that uh, physical training is of some value, but spiritual training for godliness uh, is something we I should know. pursue. Tell us a bit about your personal uh, regime with the Lord. Do you? Uh, do daily devotions? Do you read through the Bible in a year? Do you what, do you set aside time to pray? What, what do you do in your personal time with the Lord? And, you know, you're a busy man. How do you set aside time for the Lord?
0: <laughs> Mate, you know, uh, Billy Graham's daily devotional is my is my early start without fail. Um, the Bible projects uh, is, uh, is is the Bible and animation. I listen to that. Look, I'm really really diverse, Matt. Like I love I love it all, but I do this thing where I call surround sound. I surround sound my life. With the word, so if I get in the car, there's worship in the word. If I'm waking up first thing in the morning, there's worship in the word beside me. So there's always all I really got to do is press button or turn a page, you know. So, so look at work. I've got the you know I've got the Bible at work. I've got the Bible beside my bed. I've got the Bible in my car, whether audio or you know whether um um you know in paper. So to be honest, with you all believers out there just need to surround their life with the word of God.
1: All right, mate. Before we wrap it up, what's your favourite Bible yeah. verse, eh? Hey? Jeremiah twenty nine, eleven, and twelve, mate. Go for it. What does I, it say? I know
0: the thoughts and plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans not to harm you, but to give you a hope in the future.
1: That's good and news, eh? Hey? Call
0: to me, and I'll answer you. I love it, mate. I, I've hung on to that, Matt, like like no tomorrow. Like I have never ever let that down, let it go, and it's proven itself. You know, on my third business now, married with two kids. And it's all from that scripture. I just would just yell it out, scream it out. God, I believe that you, that you have a hope, you know, that, that you are my hope and you have a future for me. Mm,
1: wonderful. Amen. Well, Don, it's been great to talk with you today. I reckon you're history you're maker. Thanks for
0: joining us. You're a champion, mate. Love you, mate. God bless you. Thanks
1: for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. And you can find out about History Makers TV. We are a faith-based ministry, and we appreciate every donation.